Good morning and Merry Christmas. Uh, Just as a point of clarification, contrary to what your worship guide or any email that you read this week, I am not Sean Boyd. Uh, I am Tyler. I am the minister to students here. And on this Sunday, I am your break glass in case of emergency preacher. (laughs) While I am not Sean, I have decided to stick with the text that he chose to preach in the title of his sermon. So Matthew 28, 16 through 20, Advent to Advent. And no, I did not speak to Sean, and so anything I say don't hold against him. This is just me guessing what the Spirit might have led Sean to say today if he was here based off of Advent to Advent in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. I do have some experience in this. Uh, While I was working at a church just outside of Waco, we had two services that went on at the same time, and one of our services was live-streamed from the main service. Uh, And there was times when the internet would go down or the live-stream service would not work, and the walk from the sound booth to the stage, I was planning a sermon or planning how I would finish someone else's sermon. And so while I do have experience in this, If you want to, you might want to discreetly take out your phone and bump your lunch plans up about 10 minutes or so. So Advent to Advent, it's an intriguing title that Sean chose, and what might he have meant from that? Well, the word Advent, this season that we set aside to celebrate the coming of Christ, comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means arriving or coming. So coming to coming. I think Sean was hinting at the truth that while in Advent season we look back and we celebrate and rejoice in the truth that God came to us, that Jesus Christ came to us as a baby in Bethlehem. But Advent isn't just about looking back to the past in celebration. It's about looking to the future in anticipation and holding to the assurance of our hope that Jesus Christ will come again. Advent to Advent, coming to a coming, appearing to appearing. Yes, Christ has come, but Christ is coming again. And if you really believe that, if you truly believe that, that should change the way that you live. Jesus Christ is coming. How can we prepare where we can look back to the past of his first coming and learn from stories as we have this Advent season, watching people prepare for the coming of the Lord, Simeon seeing his song, being ready in the temple with Anna, welcoming Jesus Christ, the shepherds prepared for Jesus Christ, Mary and Joseph waited for the coming of the Lord, and they were ready. But I also think about what about those who weren't ready? What about those in Bethlehem who, when Mary and Joseph came to their door, could not seem to make room for the Lord of Lords? 
Those who heard the shepherds singing unto us, a child is born, proclaiming it and dismissed it. Oh, they're just shepherds. They don't know what they're talking about. The wise man who said, you know what? I won't travel with the rest. It's a long journey to Bethlehem. It's the holiday season. After all, I'll just crown the next king and missed out on crowning the king of kings. The religious leaders who who studied the prophets so much but were not ready when God came to earth. I don't want to miss out when Jesus comes back again. I want to be ready for the second advent. And in Matthew 28, Jesus tells us how we should live from advent to advent, from first coming to second coming, so that we are ready when Jesus comes. So stand with me as we read Matthew 28, 16 to 20, and learn how should we wait for Jesus. Matthew 28, 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So how is it that we wait for Jesus? First, we wait for Jesus while going. The disciples, they, they're gathered at the mountain ready for Jesus. They're waiting for him at the mountain. Jesus comes to them and he tells them, therefore, go. In just a short word, and just one word, go, Jesus reveals a powerful message. You cannot follow Christ and remain where you are. There is no such thing as an idle follower of Christ. To follow Christ means for you to go. I want you to think about your relationship with God. When I ask you, think about your relationship with God. Imagine your spiritual life. Upon hearing those words, where, what do you think of? Chances are, your relationship with God, spiritual life, brought you to imagine this place. Or maybe it brought you to imagine yourself at home with your Bible open, reading the Word of God. And while these are good places, these are good things to be here in this room, to be at home reading about God, your relationship with God, your spiritual life cannot be categorized by where you are right now. It's where you go. Because if you're going to follow Jesus, the truth is he is on the move. 
God is moving at your workplace. God is moving in your neighborhood. God is moving all about you. He is working. God is active. So to follow Jesus, we must go with him. As I was driving in this morning, I saw this elderly woman near the end of the street, and by the way she was walking, I could tell she didn't know where she was going. As I was driving, I could see her speed up, then slow down, go to the left, then to the right, start down a street, and then come back to the street she was going. And I thought, oh no, she's lost, she doesn't know where she is, it's the day after Christmas, grandma must have escaped and is lost in the neighborhood. And I got closer and was relieved ah, because while she did not know where she was going, she was with someone who did. She was being walked by a large 100-pound-plus pit bull, and she was just trying to keep in step with the dog. The dog would speed up. She had no choice but to speed up. The dog slowed down. She would slow down. The dog would zigzag back and forth. And she was too weak to have any say in where she was going. She could just keep in step with her pit bull. And I thought, this must have been what Paul thought when he told us to keep in step with the Spirit. That we have no choice in where we go if we're following Christ. We don't get a say in when we speed up, when we go to the left, when we go to the right. No, in keeping in step with the Spirit, we're pulled along by Him. And Jesus tells His disciples, therefore, go. So how do we wait? We wait while going. But we also wait while telling. Jesus says, therefore go and do what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have good news to share. Jesus Christ has been born in Bethlehem. The creator of the world, the Son of God, stepped down from heaven with a purpose. And that purpose was to reconcile you back to God. Because of our sin, we've been separated from God. We've rebelled. We turned away from him. That relationship that we had with God was shattered. But in the person of Jesus Christ, we have good news. That he came to us. God came to humanity to live the perfect life to pay a debt we could not owe so that relationship with God could be restored through his life, his death, and his resurrection. We have good news, and as we sing earlier, we ought to tell it on the mountains. Jesus Christ has come. Paul in Romans 10, 13 says, the good news is this, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But he goes on in verse 14 and 15 of chapter 10 to say, well, how will they call on the one who they have not believed in? And how will they believe in one who they have not heard of? And how can they hear 
unless there is someone to proclaim the good news to them. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How will they hear if there is not someone there to proclaim the good news to them? Every day you encounter people who have the potential of calling upon the name of the Lord and being saved. But they will not call unless they believe. They will not believe unless they hear. And they will not hear unless you tell them. I've seen a quote many times. It's attributed to uh, St. Francis of Assisi most of the time. Uh, But it turns out he didn't say it at all. It was just a quote that somebody liked, so they tagged a saint's name to it. Uh, And now you might see it on Facebook. uh, And whoever wrote it said, Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. While we don't know who wrote this, uh, we know a couple of things. It wasn't St. Francis. And number two, this person never read Romans 10. Because it is absolutely necessary that you use words. I understand the heart behind this quote of, yes, we communicate God's love to people through our actions. And if we don't do that, if we, if we don't faithfully love people, love all people, they won't care what we have to say. But no one will come to faith, no one will believe unless they hear us explicitly say what the good news is. So if you're taking notes, I ask you to now write down, who are you going to tell this story to? Who are you going to tell the good news to in 2022? Write their name down. Commit to sharing the gospel with somebody. Practice sharing the gospel, because the thing is, if you do not practice it when time comes, you will not be ready. It's hard to tell people about Jesus. So sign up for a gospel conversation. Email Jeremy Scott. Write out your testimony. Practice saying it to people. Sign up for the as-you-go text that helps sparks conversations with your family so you can begin talking about God, and talking about God will become a natural thing to you. Because if you don't prepare now, you won't be ready. And if you're not there to proclaim the good news, no one will hear, and no one will believe, and no one will call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. So how do we wait for Jesus We wait while going, and we wait while telling. But Jesus tells us we also wait while waiting. And I don't mean waiting in the sense of time passing. I mean waiting on the Lord as a waiter waits on diners. Jesus says, look, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority belongs to Jesus Christ. Let's not confuse our relationship with him. He is the Lord of lords, and we are servants who wait on him. What does Jesus tell his disciples to teach after making disciples? He says, teach them to obey all things. 
Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Somewhere in Christian circles, there's been this bad theology that teaches because of grace, we don't have to worry about obedience. Because of grace, we don't have to worry about earning our salvation. That's the true part. But obedience still matters. When Paul's writing to the Romans, he he brings this up. The Romans, they asked him, well, because of grace, we should just keep on sinning because it doesn't matter. Grace abounds. And Paul says, absolutely not. In John 14, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Our obedience matters. Our obedience to the calling of going matters. Our obedience to the calling of telling matters. Our obedience in everyday life matters to God. As we wait for God, we wait while going. We wait while telling. And we wait while waiting on the Lord with obedience. Serving our God with all humility because he has all authority in heaven and earth. And if he has all the authority, we have no authority. But how do we do this? How do we wait while going? How do we wait while telling? How do we wait while waiting on the Lord? Because these are tough tasks. They're hard. And they cannot be done unless we wait with God. This is the message of the gospel. When the the angel comes to proclaim that Jesus Christ has been conceived, he summarizes the gospel in one word. Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. From the moment that Jesus' birth is announced to the very last words here in the book of Matthew, our hope is this. God is with us. God is with us till the very end of this age. And it's not just that God is with us, not with us in a sense of a spatial with us, A fan watches a team playing, not with them in that sense, not with as God is a judge, as a referee is on the field with two teams playing. No, God is with us in the sense that God is for us. God is on our team fighting in the battle with us. No matter where you go, God is with you. No matter where you go, no matter who you are, God is for you. He's with all people in all places. The question isn't, is God with you? But it's, are you with God? Are you on his side? Are you fighting for him? Are you spending time with God? Because that's how we get ready. We wait for the Lord by spending time with the Lord. Now we know he's coming, but we know he's here with us now so we can enter into his throne room today. We can, we can talk to God. We can learn from God. We can hear from him. 
and he will prepare us. Will you do that this year? Will you spend time with God? Will you commit to being with him? Because the truth is, Jesus has come, but he's coming again. And how will you wait? Will you wait by going? Will you wait by telling? Will you wait in a humble obedience to serve and wait on the Lord? And are you with God? Let's pray. Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, we are so thankful that you stepped down from heaven, that you left your home to be with us. A promise that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you are with us on our side. Lord, you loved us too much to keep us separated from you. So you humbled yourself, humbled yourself to the point of death so that we might know you. And Lord, we know that you're coming again in our prayers. Lord, will you please come quickly? Will you come to right all that is wrong? Will you come and make earth just as it is in heaven? But until that day, Lord, we wait for you. But Lord, we don't wait idly. Lord, move our feet. Lord, help us to go and wait. Lord, give us words to tell the good news that we have received. Lord, we are yours. We are your servants. All authority has been given to you, and we are your servants. Father, you will never leave us. You are with us, so help us to abide in you. Change us, mold us, make us to be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray.